Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Dodder. To learn more about today's reading or to read along with us, check out jointhejourney.com. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Creighton Uphughes. Hey, thanks for having me. Creighton, I am so glad you're here. I know your wife. We, I don't think I ever met until today. Nope. So uh, tell us a little bit about you. Sure. I'm married, uh, been married to my wonderful wife, Casey, for 17 years. Uh, we actually just celebrated that anniversary. Congrats. Just a couple weeks ago. Uh, we have two sons, Marshall, who's 13, Spencer, who is 10. Been going to Watermark since 2006, so a while. Um, yeah, good while. Yeah, and serve in uh, Summit, men's Bible study. So fun. And we're studying the Bible right now. We are. A cheesy transition, but here we are. Hebrews 2. What you got for us? Yeah. So I I guess first, contextually, right, just a reminder, Hebrews 2, written around 65 AD um, and written to Jewish converts to Christianity, right? So they would have been super knowledgeable about the Old Testament. So a lot of references back. Always feel like that's a good place to start. And in Hebrews 1, the unknown writer of Hebrews, first is really affirming the superiority of Christ to angels, right? So follows up that with a warning, the first of five warnings throughout the book of Hebrews, and really hits it with what I think is the key verse in Hebrews 2.1. Therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we've heard, lest we drift away from it. Following that warning, uh, really in Hebrews 2.5-18, through 18, The writer is restating the case for Christ's superiority, giving eight reasons why God sent Jesus to earth. The first being to fulfill his purpose for man, which is Genesis 1, which is the dominion over all creation. To sacrifice by tasting death for everyone, John 3.16. To share and bring many sons to glory. To destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. To set free all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery, to serve by becoming a merciful and faithful high priest, to satisfy God's wrath by making a propitiation for the sins of people, and to be able to understand and be sympathetic to help those who have been tempted, right? So coming and actually taking on flesh, living on this earth, right? Okay, let's pause for a second. Propitiation, it's a big Christian word. What's that mean? It is a big Christian word and, and one that I don't use very often, but it essentially means appeasement. Yeah, appeasement of the wrath of God. Right, so so God, you know, needs to have the substitutionary sacrifice that is Christ, right? So that's the propitiation, the appeasement of God's wrath. So all that being said, right, it's it's a warning of drifting away, right? So the, these folks would be experiencing persecution, the pull to come back to living in kind of a Judaic state, right? And that's just as real for us today as it was for, for those folks, right? So living in Dallas, right? Being pulled into worldly things. It's easy to be tempted, to be distracted, but ultimately, right, our salvation is secure in Christ, We need to remember that, and we're called to mature within that walk towards Christ. When you look at this chapter, how do you live differently because of what you read? Like, all these ideas conceptually are important, but what does it look like to respond to them? A fantastic question, because I've I've read through this a couple times at different points in my life, and every single time it hits home because— I like, I'm assuming most of you, right, have a tendency to drift. We all do. Absolutely, right? And so that response to that as I read it, right, is to really stand secure and knowing that 
Christ has saved me, right? I am unworthy of that. So how do I respond to it, right? It's, it's to continue studying God's word, to, to spend time in prayer, to really lean into having the Holy Spirit in my life, um, and to try to surround myself and live with other believers, right? To give you that strength, to sharpen us, to call us to continuing to mature in our faith. I've been unbelievably blessed by having a really strong community in my life, really over the last, I guess, 16 years that I've been here. I didn't grow up a believer. I didn't come to be a believer until a couple years before I came to Watermark. And just the love, but push by those around me to continue to live and grow, you know, it's just so strong. It's been such a blessing. And, and that's ultimately what I always get called back to is how can I do that? How can I do that for others? And just a desire to, to jump into the word. And the more I read in the word, the more I realize how rich it is with just different textures and colors. And every time I read it, I, I realize how little I know and, and how much more Same. I want to know. Creighton, what does that look like Practically, your your group of guys that are, I guess, couples now that have been such a blessing to you and Casey. What's what does that practically look like? Yeah, that's that, that's a great question, right? Because different people have different convictions to a degree on that, and that's something that honestly Casey and I have been going through and having conversations with the other couples that we've been in community with for a long period of time. Is is what are those convictions? But ultimately, for us and our convictions is this: is that we spur each other on to love and good deeds, that we are trying to truly and authentically speak about our struggles to welcome others into those conversations. And this is hard, right? But to to be open to potential feedback or criticism on things that we could do differently. You know, I'm certainly not perfect. I I have a tendency to, to get angry to not respond to my children well, to not love my wife or pursue her the way that I should. Um, And I need those people around me or else I I will just drift, as this says, into a a state of of being, you know, not a a pleasant person to be around. Um, And so, you know, asking others to hold me accountable um, to that, to, to, to question me, they obviously can't do it for me, but but I need it. Yeah, we all, we all do. Creighton, I'm really grateful for your your honesty and for sharing that, for preparing and, and coming on just to share what God's been teaching you. I mean, you work, you were just telling me it's some sort of financial, I don't even know. It's, what is it? <laughs> finance? Uh, I, I work medical in, an, something? in an area of, of healthcare finance called payment integrity. Yeah. So making sure claims get paid correctly. And, and I love that because God's using you in the work context He has you, and you don't have to be on staff at a church to read God's Word and hear from Him and share with others what you're learning. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. And I am so glad we are all on this journey together. Thanks for listening. Did you know you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? Leaving a review helps others more easily find the podcast and read along with us. So we'd love your help.